Hey there. This podcast is titled Stop Aging Now. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for those of you who want to get to the next level. We're going to be teaching you about the seven secrets of health. This is an incredible podcast that can transform your life, your relationships, your energy, that you can invest in your career to take your opportunities to the highest level possible. Stay tuned to the very end, an amazing offer by visiting stopagingnow.7pillarscoaching.com. Stay tuned. You're going to hear amazing guests and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, take you to the very next level. Your mindset, your sleep, your ability to improve your diet, your exercise, what hormones, how to balance them, all of this and more. Let's listen in. This is a this is a topic I, I I really wanted to cover just because I think there's a lot of misconceptions here, right? I think there's a a lot of uh, a lot of people who aren't educated on plant based on, on a plant based diet and what you need to do to be successful with it, and uh, who really are kind of talking out of their behinds, right? And so I'd like to I'd like to clear that up. Um, and so just with a real simple question first, uh, can you build muscle on a plant based diet? Absolutely. And, and the evidence shows that not only can you build muscle, I believe you can build superior muscle. And I'm, I'm going to give you a few examples during the course of our discussion. But I, I'd like to first start with uh, Lee Haney, who wrote a book, if we can bring it up on the screen, I'm not sure if we can show that. But uh, Lee Haney wrote a book, Fit at Any Age. And Here's a guy, and, and you can even show his bodybuilding career of winning eight Mr. Olympiads. I personally had the opportunity to interview him at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic uh, back, uh, I guess it was two years ago, and just prior to, to the lockdown and everything. Uh, but, but the exciting thing about Lee Haney is he talks about using whole food nutrition. He says that you need to take in, and he takes in, by the way, 500 grams of complex carbohydrates a day, 500 grams, even during his training, even leading up to the, the final uh, pose downs. And one of the advantages he told me, he said, you know, like other bodybuilders, I'm not cutting carbs. And those guys are tired, they're fatigued, they have virtually no energy to keep up with Lee Haney. And yet he shows up ripped, shredded, eight years in a row, winning Mr. Olympia, the highest title of any bodybuilder. And we were looking at some pictures here, but here's his book, Fit at Any Age. And uh, now, again, I'm not saying that he's completely plant-based. What I'm telling you is proportionally... Uh, he estimates he takes in about, let's say, 60 to 80 grams of protein per meal, just inevitably because he per does... Per meal or per day? Uh, I would say actually uh, on average of about 60 uh, grams per meal times if he's, okay. he's calling so does, a meal. He does eat quite a bit of So three times six, then. about 180 grams of protein, but he's taking in 500 grams of complex carbohydrates. Oh, wow. okay. And remember, it's four calories per gram, so by percentage, his percentage of carbs if you will but natural whole foods carbs is significantly higher nearly two it. times let, let's just say for sure at least two maybe three times higher now what is interesting is and i'll sh show a quick picture do you have a quick picture of him what's interesting about lee haney is that he had no problems getting shredded and ripped and 
there's an example of him. Here's here's the picture that I that we'll just show you here for a moment. Uh, just a fabulous, fabulous physique. I mean, if you look at his his biceps, his lats, uh, narrow waist, the classic bodybuilding physique, massive legs, um, unbelievable. Look at his biceps. I mean, the guy is built like a brick wall. I mean, literally. He went head-to-head with Dorian Yates, my other favorite bodybuilder. Dorian Yates is arguably, besides Mike Menser, the most scientific and, shall I put him in a category, the only white guy that competed with some of the most fabulous bodybuilders, generally Sergio Oliva, and, of course, Arnold was white too. So I, I guess I shouldn't address a color uh, but it's to, more like it's more like because they're they're less likely to be so cut, so shredded, so big, right? Is kind yeah. of where you were getting what you were getting at. Yes. So w- when we kind of come back full school uh, circle to Mike Menser, Mike Menser wrote this book, uh, Heavy Duty to Mind and Body, and if you search for him on the web, there's this one like obscure video of him talking about. Uh, protein requirements and nutrition and uh, Mike himself there's Mike and Ray Menser uh, Mike signed this book for me I you know I I was an avid follower of of Mike Menser you know because of his training routines which were so different and unique oops and also because he he advocated uh, really a moderate to, to small amount of protein. He said that if you weighed 150 pounds and you wanted to gain muscle uh, in the fitness arena, that if you train hard and you understand the principles of, in those days, hormonal balance, you know, they knew they were all competing at the same level using, if you will, hor- hormones such as testosterone, uh, whether they were at... Ad- understanding growth hormone. I think it was some of the early days, some of the early bodybuilders understood that, but it was a kind of a level playing field, right? And so he said for a 150 pound man, it would take a year to gain five pounds of muscle. And a 150 pound man only has 25 pounds of skeletal muscle. So he said that in five years, gaining five pounds a year, you could gain five times five, 25 pounds pounds of muscle you would double your lean muscle mass so this 150 150 pound individual would go to 175 pounds and look like mr universe hmm. so building muscle is it, it takes it a lot time time effort realize. rest there's consistency all, yeah a, a lot of factors so I, I and the interesting thing is he said to gain that much muscle you only needed five grams of additional protein on top of a, an average 65 to 80 gram protein per day diet. So he was not as high in intake as Lee Haney. Gotcha. And yet, I will say that if you look up the records of, about bodybuilding, a score of 300 is a perfect score. They judge it as the perfect body. He did that in Mr. Universe. He did that in Mr. Olympiad. And only Arnold beat him out, but Arnold didn't have a better score. But the fans and the judges deemed Arnold he should win this because it's his last appearance. I'm not going to get into the politics of it. Simply to say that here is a guy that 
took in a very moderate to low by bodybuilding standards, by athletic standards, very low intake of protein, but used whole foods inclusive to get the body of a perfect physique. And he looks, he's crazy chiseled. It's uh, yeah. if you look that guy up, man, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. Now I will say, I personally believe that Mike Menser's system is very intense uh, very few people can do the intensity and sustain that over a career. Dorian Yates, one of them, and he won several Mr. Olympiads. He was not edged out. And in fact, I believe he even beat Lee Haney in his uh, in Lee's final, uh, maybe he said it was the seventh uh, Olympiad he was going for. So Lee Haney was beaten by Dorian Yates. Um, but hmm. I, I, I didn't do too much research on Dorian's diet intake so i don't want to get too far off onto that subject but training intensity is required genetics plays a role hormonal levels plays a huge role these things play a big difference so when people are saying oh you need all this protein but they're pointing to athletes who may have an unfair advantage to your mere mortal stepping into a gym wanting to add muscle to their body and not realizing how many years it took the genetics and then they'll point to, oh, he's saying eat this much protein. If I eat more protein, I'm going to pack it on. Well, and then also, you know, you look uh, look at people like one of my favorites from back in the day, Ronnie Coleman. You know, it's like he, you know, he ate some of those ridiculous amounts of proteins and didn't worry about the whole foods and ate a lot of processed food. And I mean, look at where he's at now. He's on crutches and barely able to barely able to move. He's, you know, he's destroyed from his career and a lot of that you know might i i feel might have been alleviated if he was eating more anti a more anti-inflammatory diet with more of the polyphenols and the things that calm that down right i i, I totally agree i mean i had the opportunity to interview ronnie coleman and uh, i sat in on some of his actual seminars where he talked about what he would eat and like bacon wrapped butterfinger like yeah. seven bacon wrapped butterfingers before a before a training session yeah and and yeah he 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 really had no limits I mean, he had a phenomenal physique and genetics, and he trained heavy, heavy. Very heavy. I mean, massive weights. I mean, he arguably, besides uh, Franco Colombo, one of the strongest bodybuilders that, you know, has ever stepped into a gym. But, but, but you see, you know, again, back to how do you get that perfect physique? How do you perform? How do you manifest your genetics? Because you can't really get the genetics of another individual. No. It, it, it's interesting. I always saw the comparisons like... Franco Colombo had a low insert in his biceps. So he had these hard rock, but a ball-like bicep, whereas Arnold had this long insert down further, the tendon would connect further down the arm. So he had this nice, long, full bicep. So when he did a bicep you know, pose, his biceps looked huge. And, and Franco's biceps looked small. But by comparison, Franco had a better back than Arnold. Yeah, where like some people have higher connections on their triceps, so they look ripped right away, even with very little tricep work, even though they're much weaker than someone who doesn't have anywhere near the same tone. Yeah, so genetics does play a big role in particularly bodybuilding and certain, certainly to a degree athletics. Uh, let's let's go down to our list of, of topics to make sure that you keep me on track because you have a lot of questions for me. And I'm kind of excited about this subject. So, um, you know, one thing I always hear from, you know, people the world over, especially people who are anti-plant-based, is uh, that animal protein is superior to plant-based protein um, in, like, amino acid profile and its ability to help you build muscle. Is that true? Uh, the answer is no. And uh, I base that on 
the original uh, rat studies, and I referred to this in my book and literally from, uh, if you will, textbooks that I have behind me. Uh, this, this early book, How to Look Great and Feel Sexy, I wrote uh, in the early 1994. Uh, Tony Robbins used it at Mastery University and also used it at his home you know, to make up recipes and so forth. But there's a section in here on protein requirements. And actually, uh, it's interesting because there, there is a book on the shelf here, and um, I believe it's actually this book. Uh, and this, this particular book I picked up from uh, Loma Linda University uh, while I was taking uh, postgraduate studies uh, with my master's at that time leading to a doctorate. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to open it to exactly. So protein requirements were based on rat studies. And if you can see this, here's a picture of a, of a big rat and a little rat. And why that's significant, is it's called protein efficiency ratio. And protein efficiency ratio was literally determined by dividing rats into over 100 different cages and say that group of rats eats eggs this group of rats eats blueberries this group of rats eats uh, potatoes and down the list and so they measured what was called the protein efficiency ratio that later became the textbook proof that you had to have a certain amount of protein based on the size of the individual rats. Now, they left off a very important fact, and that is that if potatoes did not cause a rat to grow very well, they actually later, more recently, and I say more recently, not back at the time that Osborne and Mendel did these stu studies in, I believe it was the 1920s, they gave human breast milk to rats, and the rats did, did not grow very big, just as if you'd given like a plant-based food. Now, who in the world would ever say that human breast milk is an incomplete protein during the time when humans grow during their most rapid time in their entire life? The brain, the body, the skeletal system all depends on, and you can literally breastfeed a child for one to two years, ideally two years, and live on breast milk itself with nothing added during the time when infants grow the most rapid of our entire human being's lifespan. Dr. Reddy... Dr. Knapp took young children, ages, I believe it was like, I want to say between 11 and 14, during a time when these children were growing fairly rapidly. And it was in, in a country such as India where they, some of the kids otherwise would have starved. And they fed them wheat only. They fed them, in another study, potato powder only which had just the protein that's naturally present in potatoes now if you'd given potato powder or wheat only to rats they won't grow at all they'll be small they'll grow you know they'll be normal rats but they'll be small so you'd have to say that's an incomplete food but when they gave sufficient calories to these children in both dr reddy's study and dr knapp on humans the children grew to full size even the upper percentile of growth for children. Mm. Wow. And it was all about calories. So in some of these countries, when they're saying they don't get enough protein, no, the reality is they don't get enough calories. 
There's Quashacor, which is a protein deficiency, and Mashamore, which is a calorie deficiency. And, and so, like, that, that might as well tie that into one of my other questions, which was, uh, you know, people who do switch to a plant-based diet, a lot of them complain about being weak or feeling like they don't have enough energy or feeling like, you know, like a, lay, a, a malaise, right? Uh, can you talk about that? It, it, it's so true. Um, the reason being is I was raised on an animal-based diet. You probably were. Uh, Absolutely. Most people watching this show were raised on an animal-based diet, particularly in the Western world. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so true in certain Asian cultures, Indian cultures, and so forth. But the caloric density, just think about it. Meat doesn't just have protein, four calories per gram. It has fat. And in the Western world, we revere cuts of meat that are very high in calories. Uh, what is fat it, prime is rib? Fat is flavor. Yeah. And, and, and all that extra fat, they fatten the beef, right? Mm -hmm. So they can sell it for a higher dollar return. Mm -hmm. The beef industry, Absolutely. that's the cattle industry. So they, they even, for, more or less, what do they, they say, oh, well, corn must be fattening. They give it to, to, to cattle. Well, cattle have extra stomachs. They have the ability to absorb more calories. And also, it causes inflammation in those cows to extreme levels, and inflammation causes weight gain too. So, right, there's all kind. Of, at least in humans it does. I'm guessing it does the same thing in cows. Yeah, I, I, th I think to the extent, uh, keeping in mind, you know, cows certainly are different. Uh, they are more, uh, shall we say, plant-based almost 100%. Rabbits, for example, are pure vegetarian. Well, and also the the type of, the, a lot of people don't know this, the corn that those cows are eating isn't sweet corn or something, you know, tasty or enjoyable. <laughs> it's, it's GMO corn that's been covered in pesticides and genetically modified to a point that humans couldn't eat it. It's inedible. Right. You know, so that, that's not the same thing. You know, that, that kind of corn that's causing the inflammation and weight gain, that's not the same thing as the healthy corn that you'd get if you're eating it at like an organic market. Right. So when you, when you think about the superiority of animal protein over plant protein, it was based on selective studies, choosing, handpicking the studies that would be in our future nutrition textbooks, which was intended, this textbook was for medical school students and RDA, registered dietitians. So they've all been brainwashed. And by the way, you look at who sponsors the payment to produce these, uh, these nutrition books, it's the meat and dairy industry. It's in their best interest to put those studies forward and ignore NAP and Ready and these other studies that aren't even in the book, but it's in the medical literature. Yeah, and so so you're saying that those that that weakness isn't from protein deficiency or or pro protein inadequacy, but is instead from uh, lack of lack of calories. People who are you know they're switching over from a meat based diet to a plant a plant centered diet and those plants because of them not having the same calories per volume people are under eating chronically right Th think about it and and if you want to put your mind uh, wrapped around the the story of the 800 pound gorilla in the room right 800 pound gorilla did not get to be 800 pounds and could shred a man apart even a 150 pound chimpanzee is so powerful they can shred a guy apart they are powerful animals. And although some would say, well, a chimp does occasionally eat, you know, animal product and, and grubs and things. They also eat other chimpanzees, so maybe we should start eating each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, great, a great ape uh, is essentially completely plant-based. They will, again, a little bit of insects yeah, and grubs. But a bonobos monkey, and I have a book here on one of the shelves here, 
but they're called the love monkeys in Zaire, Africa. They stand upright, they gather their fruits and vegetables and whole foods, and they are as close to plant-based, almost pure plant-based as you can get. I mean, again, they eat a little bit of these insect grubs and stuff, but the reality is these animals eat massive amounts of food, so they're not hungry. They're eating through the day. Now, you say, well, in traditional current day, there's no time to eat during the day. You know what? It's so simple to package a big container of beans, big container of salads and vegetables, some fruit, and eat through the day. A big, based, a big thing of oatmeal, right? Based intuitively at how hungry. And I tell people, if you really want to be successful on a plant-based whole foods diet and build muscle, be athletic, you have to understand the word intuitive eating. It's something I coined. Intuitive eating means you anticipate, not waiting till you're hungry, and not that I'm opposed to windows of fasting and so forth. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about during the day when you want to perform mentally, physically, in the bedroom, on the athletic field. When I'm getting ready to compete in, in athletics, I don't want to walk into the gym or in a competition on low caloric deficit study after study shows these guys walking in on low caloric deficit perform less well. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, no, and I was gonna say that's, you know, that, and I think that's, you know, the, the, the really the only issue that people are running into when they're switching over to a plant-based diet, right? Is they, they, they're chronically under eating. They're eating these small portions that are the normal, their meat size portions. That would be, if, if that was, you know, uh, you know, a loco moco or something with like, you know, some, some hamburger patty and eggs and some gravy over the top of it, it would be 900 calories, 800 calories, right? But when it's a salad with a oil free, oil free plant-based dressing, you know, what is that? 150 calories maximum. So, you know, they're eating that portion three times thinking it's going to satisfy them and they only ate 400 calories for the day. Right, right. So I think, uh, do we go over this way? You come over this way a little bit here just to make sure. Yeah. So y your point is well taken. And you have to judge and understand the caloric density of the food you're eating through the day. I now have kind of shifted a little bit more to heavier meals in, in the breakfast, in the morning, mm -hmm. because at that time, I, I have a longer day ahead of me. Oftentimes, I'm now, we're, we're competing here in the office doing pull-ups and having some fun games. But I like to work out in the morning, personally. I, I find that I'm more consistent if I work out in the morning and I burn a good amount of calories. And I like to have enough calories leading into that. And so I'll make sure that the portions of my food is enough to kind of do what's called hari hashibu in Japanese. That means you eat up to where you're about 80% satisfied. Stop and let the rest of the calories kind of filter in. And after a half hour or so, if I'm finding myself still, you know, a little bit weak or hungry, maybe all I need is pop a few grapes, uh, eat a, a bowl of, of, of beans or an ancient grain, uh, quinoa or something, or, or even take an, a little bit of nuts and seeds extra depending on how much caloric density I need, right? So you really have to get used to, and me being on this program for 43 years, and I'm not going to say I never ate meat during my 43-year uh, stint uh, because I follow this program and it's probably close to what Joel Furman talks about, a nutritarian diet, whole food. You know, we have our best 12 foods that you should eat every day, uh, much like Michael Greger talks about in terms of the daily dozen. And then the, shall we say, the six things you should avoid as much as possible. Yeah. But as I get older and even during my younger days, I always seeked the foods with the highest nutrient density, chewed it thoroughly, enjoyed it, avoid processed 
and oil is the most processed food on the planet. Sugar is the second most processed. People think it's sugar. It's a problem. Both are, but oil is more caloric density and more processed than sugar because it contributes nine calories per gram sugar, four calories per gram alcohol, slightly above, I think it's six calories per gram. So when you're eating complex carbohydrates, whole food, squash, watermelon, potatoes, it basically only has four calories per gram. Well, and not only that, those foods are also, you know, a lot of them are 70% water, 90% water, 60% water, right? So, you know, you, you take those calories that are equal to the calories that are in that protein, but then you then add fiber and water in large volumes that have no calories whatsoever, or at least don't, you know, interact with you in a way that have no calories in regards to the fiber. You know, now you, uh, you know, now you're talking about a, a much lower calorie, you know, a, a calorie per volume ratio, right? Right. And, and keep in mind, there's a lot of other factors that affects how you look, how you feel. I mean, your hormone levels balance out. You drag tons of estrogen toxins out of the intestines when you eat more fibrous foods. When there's phytochemicals, enzymes, DIM, methane, indole-3-carbonyl, which we're famous for having the creation of estroblock to detoxify harmful estrogens that only comes from plants that does not come from animal food at all no. and when you think about it we're not just talking about the macro nutrients protein no fat carbohydrate yeah. there are antioxidants and phytochemicals it's been estimated in one of my books i wrote about this there is over three hundred thousand different phytochemicals that we get from plants and, and the dark leafy greens have like a you know, a thousand times more of that than, you know, even, uh, you know, a, a, an eggplant or especially things like meat, which are completely void. You can't even talk about multiplications, right? But right. You know, literally thousands of times more. This is Dr. Nick Delgado, author of 15 books, including my newest book release, Stop Aging Now, dot seven pillars coaching.com i have an irresistible offer that's beyond belief that will take your health your relationships your ability to perform as an entrepreneur in your work this offer just simply go to the stop aging now dot seven the number seven pillars coaching.com and you will see a free offer it's a $1,200 value for absolutely free to get my downloads of my four best-selling books, Acne Be Gone for Good, The Skin Condition Acne by Dr. Sonia Batterisi and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, Blood Doesn't Lie, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, and the newest release, Stop Aging Now, The Seven Secrets to Look and Feel Great. That's right. It's a $1,200 offer and you get it for 30 days free just simply enter your information we'll send you the information to download and you get to review my books you get to get my online courses all of them you get to get a wednesday mentorship with my top vip group that is held every wednesday 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m east coast standard time yours truly along with guests that i've invited Germane to the subjects of how do you improve the quality of your sleep? How do you set your mindset to accomplish your goals? How to dramatically improve your fitness profile using my revolutionary 12-minute workout combined with flow training and stretch type yoga movements and the incredible detoxification program 
the nutritional Nutrify program, the right foods to select in conjunction with the specific herbs and how to basically accomplish your goals, rejuvenate your body. The latest on hormones, peptides, all of it is in this course. And in 30 days, you'll be able to get the results that you never ever thought was possible. I guarantee these results and I'm backing it up with a free offer. Should you decide to continue, the continued program is very minimal, no more than a couple cups of coffee. And you're not gonna need coffee after you go through this program. Who's this for? Entrepreneurs, burned out housewives, individuals who wanna be peak performers in the bedroom, in the boardroom, and in general, take your relationships, your health, and your energy, and your career to a whole new level. Looking forward to helping you.